everybody. It's Tracy and Pete here for the Everybody Counts podcast. We're going to be boshing about season four, episode two. And I think, uh, Pete, I think that boshing hashtag's taken off pretty well on Twitter, don't you think? Oh, well, first it's Office of Pete to you, Tracy. <laughs> oh, pardon. Pardon me. <laughs> but um, boshing is, yeah, boshing is definitely taken off, and um, it's a great word. I, I You can insert it into anything you're talking about, really, what I figured out. I mean, You really just, can, yeah. Absolutely. Universal you know, it's hard word. To, it's hard to keep up with Pete, because sometimes he's Pete from the street. And then sometimes when we're boshing, he's Officer Pete. And I do got to, I have to say, when we call you Officer Pete, it's with all due respect to real officers. We would never make light of uh, real law enforcement. But it's kind of fun to say Officer Pete. And it's also kind of fun to say Pete from the street. So, um, yeah, you just never know who you're going to get with Pete. Well, I feel I feel it's more paying homage to our officers that yeah, you know, would, they are our exactly. role models and I want to be like them. So, yep. you know. Yes, I agree. Imitation, You're aspiring you know, to. Mm-hmm. imitation yeah. you know what they say about that. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, yeah, just in case, uh, yeah, just want to make that clear. But, uh, yeah, so it's just the two of us. No Jay tonight, so we can talk about him. What do you think? I'm always I'm always in for a good session <laughs> to talk about Jay, you know, what he missed, what yeah. he's not going to be here for. I think I might find myself wondering what Jay would pick, you know, because we have different segments on the podcast and we each have a question or we each name a person, you know, so I'm probably going to be sitting here thinking, what would Jay have picked? But um, he, he can fill us in later. So, yes, we're going to be talking about episode two. And um, then we have a debrief from Amy Aquino, who plays Lieutenant Billets, um, a very popular character. It, um, she's a lot of fun to talk to and has some great information for everyone. So that will be towards the end of the podcast, but I think it's time to kind of, kind of recap before we get going into our specifics. So things start, they start moving and shaking here. Um, It is Saturday, correct? I believe this episode opens on Saturday, the night after Howard Elias was murdered. Um, The task force has assembled uh, their Pierce man. He's running around trying to get warrants and doing all this paperwork so they can really dig in. He even enlists Jerry's help with some paperwork because because Jerry has shown back up at Hollywood Station to kind of just get things settled um, before he officially comes back to work on Monday. And I kind of found some of that um, some of those scenes amusing. Did you, Officer Pete? Oh, I am, listen, nobody's a bigger fan of Jay Edgar, and nobody's a bigger fan of putting your name on items to make sure that you never lose them. (laughs) Trust me, I know all about this. I relate a thousand percent. Now, let me ask you this. I have an actual labeler that prints out those little stickers that you can label things. Do you have a labeler? Pete? No, I'm more sloppy. I'll just like write it on like uh, okay. a yeah. edge, and then maybe throw some tape okay. on it just to you know make sure it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, put a sticker, slap some tape on there. Yeah, that was that was really funny, watching him move around the station, picking up, collecting all his items. So he got it all he, back though. <laughs> he did. He did. So um, very. <laughs> that was funny. So it's good to see him back. Um, everyone was giving him a hard time, of course. You know, why didn't you just take the medical pension and ride off into the sunset? But, you know, Jay Edgar is, he's all in. He's hes a detective. He's law enforcement, and he's not going to give it up easily. That's for sure. 
So um, so he's slowly kind of getting involved in the case because Pierce is asking out for his help. Harry, he of course, Harry goes rogue at the beginning and goes into Elias's apartment without a warrant, looks around. Uh, do you remember some of the stuff he finds around in the apartment? Um, I'm a little hazy. Okay, it's a little disheveled in there. The bed's unmade. It looks like we have like some makeup or you know some female like toiletry type items in oh, there. Okay, yeah, you're talking about you that. that? Okay, I, yeah. yeah, I didn't know if you were talking about like other like murderous things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, just yeah, just stuff around, and um, it you know just looks like he probably wasn't the only one that had been staying there. So that that's how we see the apartment at one point, and then when we do get the official warrant, Pierce gets all his paperwork done and they go in officially the bed is made those toiletries uh makeup type things are gone the all the files of all the rhd guys that were involved in black guardian they're all stacked up and arranged neatly it's you know someone has cleaned up in there and uh robertson he's on the case because he's out in the garage using the key fob trying to find howard's car um he does he kind of pokes his head around he sees that there are two spots assigned to um to his apartment. So he's like, hmm, who else could have been here? And so he thinks to go and ask the, you know, the security desk or whatever, do you have cameras watching the cars that go in and out? So eventually he tracks it down that Pamela Duncan um had been at the apartment. Uh do you remember where we first met Pamela Duncan, Pete? That was this season, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim she was in his office. Uh, when he was practicing, oh yeah, um, she was. The, yeah, she was the one that told him that he needs to be. They need to um, believe the, the 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 story, not the not to be offended by the lawyer, but be offended yeah. by what the cops did. I, okay, yeah, I remember. Right, she was, right. she was quick. She was witty. Yeah, she was a jury consultant, and and so um, we're kind of putting the pieces together. We met her, but we didn't know exactly what her role was before. I mean, I guess you could have. You know, kind of figured it out, but we find out for sure that she's uh, a jury consultant. She was working with Howard, but she was also having an affair with Howard. Um, and we also find out that she's married. The story just keeps getting deeper and deeper. So Robertson shows up at her house, and she seems very nervous, you know, because her husband answers the door, and um, she says she'll speak with with Jimmy, but you know, can they go out and walk the dog while they talk? Um, and, uh, you know, she's just real nervous the whole time about, you know, her husband finding out and, and so forth. But she gives us some interesting intel because um, she says that um, instead that Howard didn't seem to be just in it for the money at the end, that he had kind of changed. So that kind of is some maybe something for our evidence locker um, because something had changed and that could affect – um, you know the murders, murderer's motivation. You know we don't know. So that that was that was some interesting information. Um, but we found out a little bit more from her, and then um, Bosch has mostly been working side by side with Amy Snyder, and they're kind of button heads. It's just kind of kind of I guess I call it kind of passive aggressive, maybe on her part. You know she's clearly not happy working with him. It's just she feels like he's not treating her very well. It's just kind of uncomfortable. Um, did you want to talk at all, Pete, about the scene in the morgue when they try to get um, Howard's fingerprint for the phone? Do you do you remember about that? 
Yeah, I remember. Um, <laughs> with the Snyder and Bosch, I felt like they were in the middle of a feeling out process. I mean, yeah. I feel like they both want the same goal at the end of the day. They're both, sure. you know, pretty, like, I don't want to say honest cops because they, you know, they both work around the law. We see that in the next scene. Uh-huh. But, uh-huh. you know, at the end of the day, when they work around the law, it's to find more, the, pro- the proper proof to right. convict this person who they know is probably 99% guilty. So, I mean, I yeah. don't really go against what, you know, what they did. But, yeah, it's definitely a feeling out process, I felt. And, um, yeah, they went in and he took his, well, they took his thumb, right, and used the thumb to open up the phone. Yeah. And then yeah. they were trying to look through the phone. But then, I, okay, you know what? I'm so glad you brought this up because <laughs> I've been so confused. I've seen this episode four times already. And each <laughs> okay. time I had the same question. When she puts on that, that thing, the, the music or the bear, uh-huh. whatever it was, and is, why did she say you're good for 12 hours now? I, I don't, I didn't understand that scene about how that was gonna um, make it look like he's not breaking the law. I, I didn't understand. I guess scene. it keeps the. I guess it would keep. I don't know exactly why, but it would keep the phone unlocked. Like I guess if you have music playing or something set that's keeping the phone active. So I guess she picked like it was some type of what was it dog music or something like that you could play to oh, keep so your dog. Oh, so then he would be able to, to eight hours later go home and look through it because it wouldn't be locked yeah, up. Yeah, he wouldn't have to. Okay. He wouldn't have to have Howard fingerprint again. Um, so until they could, you know, get officially unlocked and and all that. Um, because I don't think it, I don't know if anyone else knew he had it yet, but that would because it, it would keep the phone active and open, and he wouldn't have to unlock it for twelve hours. So, um, yeah, does that make also, sense? Also, I felt like that was yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Thank you okay. very much for clearing that up because now I, I don't know how these touch lock screens work. I just you know uh, well, unlock my phone. I'm a trustworthy person. I leave my phone open. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, did you notice that? Uh, when no one else knew what they were doing, which means that Snyder was working with Bosch, which is a trust moment, a, a work bonding moment, because she yeah. didn't go back into Lincoln. She didn't. Mm-mm. No, you're right. Yeah, even though it's a little bit contentious, it, it and she tells him later she wants to learn from him. She wants to be a detective. She's, you know, she's, you know, becoming a good detective and learning from him, but she just makes it clear she wants him to treat her better. And they kind of get through that baggage of the the 128 complaint and you know she says you know I didn't like what you did and I was you know just fine with writing up the report I don't know why it disappeared you know all of a sudden but you know she basically said you know look look, we just need to put that behind us and I want to work with you and work well and I think Bosch really respected that and her being finally being you know just up front and cut into the chase because then he gave her a more, um, I don't, not necessarily meaningful job, but he, he tr- gave her, he trusted her more. He he trusted her with talking to Alex Kaplan, who was Howard's like um, associate attorney yeah. in the office. So she and interrogated him. So that was kind of a step in trust, you know, in their, their relationship. So it's, you know, we see them starting to work better together, but, you know, so many people historically, um, get frustrated with Bosch and don't quite, you know, understand him or can't necessarily relate. So it's just always fun seeing a new character um, or newer character interact with him. But um, it seems promising. It seems like they cut through some of the bull and um, are going to be able to work together. Would you agree? You think that they'll be able to work together? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I've seen this episode four times, and each time I'm like, <laughs> wow, you know, this is definitely – a working, like I said, that bonded yeah. moment. That yeah. when, once you get somebody's trust, 
It's you know, sure. it's just as hard to lose trust, I feel, as it is to gain it. And once you gain it, you know, that's a big trust moment. So anything little, yeah. even if the, even if they have a, like a you know a confrontation about, I feel like the, this is the groundwork. This is the cement. I mean, I feel like mm-hmm. Snyder is going to be you know on on the Bosch team a thousand percent all in for the rest of the yeah. season from on. Awesome. Yeah, I, I think I think we're, we're feeling the same on that. So um, there's another um, pairing with Harry in this episode because we find out who the special master is that's been assigned to the case, like a, an attorney to oversee sort of the legalities and, you know, watch over all the evidence and everything from Howard's case. And that would be Honey, Money, Chandler. Uh, she's kind of, I mean, I kind of referred to her before as kind of um, Harry's nemesis. When you say it's sort of his, one of his arch enemies, do you think that's yeah? Too but I like her. She's, she's so good at what she does. I I, I like her style. Yeah. I mean, she she buried Harry in court. What was it? Season? I I don't know if it was season what one, two, three. When well, she just buried him in court. Yeah, she um, yeah, she was both season one and and two, right? Um, or maybe it was part of three. It it's hard to keep up. So much detail, yeah, but so um, <laughs> but yeah, in the courtroom, she's always trying to kind of disparage him, and um, you know, so that his evidence as um a cop won't be taken seriously, you know, because she's been working, you know, for the for on the other team, so she wants it to make like look like he's not a reliable, you know, witness and so forth. So they're they're always they've always been working on opposing sides before, and now they're kind of on the same side. She has to, although she has to protect the evidence and everything, they're still, they're still both involved, you know, in Howard Elias's murder and handling it. So, yeah, I, when I did um, my recap for FanFest, I, I kind of got to talking about how they're both so stubborn, but yet in this case, they're kind of more on the same side. And if they can use that to work together, if they can both, you know, be so persistent, then maybe they can end up working together you know pretty well and and i would say even though they butt heads a lot do you think there's a little bit of respect ultimately for each other just because they both are so i mean bullheaded whatever you want to call it all right well you need to get out of my head because i've been thinking about the same thing it's true um (laughs) she knew well let me rephrase that Bosch doesn't try for anybody, if you notice, in the show, except for his family and people he really cares about. He's a very cut-to-the-chase kind of guy. He went in there, I felt we all know he went in there for the address. But mm-hmm. unlike Bosch's normal style, he went in there and he played the game, like I'm going to ask around and ask a few questions and act like I'm you know, sniffing to get to this conclusion. Yet she already yeah. had the address written down on a pad in, in her desk because she knew that it's she 50-50. Knew. Yeah. He's gonna, yeah, he's going to come and ask yeah. this right away or he's going to dance around, show some respect by dancing around. And then extra, uh-huh. and I feel like him showing uh-huh. respect, dancing around, was a big moment for like her to be like, okay, he's showing respect now. Let me not be a jerk. Yeah, yeah. And they're both like sort of, you know, criticizing each other in a way, or like making snide remarks, but yet they're getting to the same conclusion, and they do end yeah. up going together and meeting with with Michael Harris. And that was a tough scene, you know, hearing him talk through. Um, you know, he was the victim of the Black Guardian case, and um, hearing him talk through, you know, his side of the story was was very difficult, you know, to hear and and to watch um, some of that footage. 
Um, and he's not happy to see Harry. Just cop in general, get it, get out of here, you know. But thank goodness he had Honey Chandler with him to sort of bridge that gap, and she could assure him that you know he's okay. He's investigating the murder, you know, and, and slowly but surely. I don't know that Michael Harris trusted Bosch. I think that's probably too strong of a word, but he he did allow him to. Well, he didn't allow him to enter the room because Bosch barged in there um, and knocked uh, yeah, him down. I was going to say, was he, didn't crazy. To, he didn't have to like, hey, you know, I want to ask you a couple of questions. It was like smash, and, you know, this guy just been yeah. through a, tra- a traumatic event with cops. Oh, gosh, yeah. Well, so he didn't let him in, but he did, I guess, allow him to, to stay. So, um, you know, they did make a little bit of progress getting um, some information from his point of view. And uh, so it's, you know, with, with what he had to say – and um, and also, okay, I'm going to back up because Bosch had asked Amy Snyder of all the RHD guys, who do you think was most likely to have been the one who could have done that damage to his ear? And do, do you remember who she said? Um, I don't want to get the name wrong, so I'm going to let you say it. Okay, Terry Drake, the one that I guess is hey, retired right. now, that used to be Robertson's partner. So he's up there on the list. We find out that Frankie Sheehan, who showed up um, – off duty, but um, but showed up also at, at the the crime scene. He had been involved in an officer involved shooting, so he's looking suspicious. So at, at some point later in the episode, for episode two, they're kind of starting to put a suspect list together. So there's a couple of those RHD guys um, that are standing out more than others, and then even Howard's son, because he we find out he'd been arrested several times, like on possession charges. And um, there'd been some arguments and fighting. And so it just, he seems like a volatile at some point so that, you know, he was kind of on the suspect list. So they're trying to draw together um, a bit of a list and, um, but it's still, it's still, still pretty early on, but everyone's, you know, doing their jobs and, you know, chasing down evidence and, um, and moving forward. But that's kind of where we are with, with Howard's case. And then, um, some other part of the episode was um, dedicated, of course, to Eleanor and Maddie. And, um, you know, Maddie's still trying to get her mom to say what's going on with Reggie. It's still very mysterious, you know, and she just kind of putting her off about it and not really seems like she's not coming clean. And it's hard to tell, you know, it's hard to tell if she knows more than she's saying or she really doesn't know and is just trying not to talk about it. Um, but what's really interesting and uh, is Eleanor's poker game that night, late at night. Uh, that just spooked me all over, watching her walk in this place late at night, going through this dark kitchen, you know, starting to play poker with these guys. And then the game gets interrupted, you know, really quickly. Everyone is told to leave, but she's brave man she goes in to the restroom gets her camera set up walks about and actually gets video footage um of some of these guys before she leaves the restaurant but did you notice when she goes to her car at the end of the guy watching from the window yeah and that guy was watching her when she was in the place looking at yeah. them yeah and honestly uh-huh. You know, I watch these shows and I react and I'm always like, you know, I always like to be the best passenger seat driver when it comes to shows where I'm like, you should definitely yep. have done this. You should have done that. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's give advice. Like, yeah, it's great to know, you know, know what to do when you're watching it and not actually in the situation. But like, 
There's no way. Listen, anywhere I'm at, if something like that went down and this was like the situation, I'm out of there within seconds. I understand she works with the, you know, the FBI and, mm-hmm. you know, she's getting intelligence. But it's yeah. one thing to get intel. She, you know, she could have went back and told the people who was there and they could have looked into it. I feel like getting the camera was one of those things like in a scary movie where you're like, oh, no, there might be a ghost in the closet. And then yeah. here comes the guy like, I'm going to go look for it. You know, like, yeah, don't, yeah. Go, don't go poking the bear. Like, kind of just, exactly. you know, you got opportunity to leave. Plus, you look so suspicious walking in the bathroom. What are you doing? Right, right, right. And, yeah. You're like, just get out of there. And just then you're the last one out. <laughs> yep, yep. So that really gave me the creeps. Um, and just made me really, you know, worried and scared for her. But um, what what really made me jump in my chair was when your man KTK ran yes. up on Honey Chandler. <laughs> oh my oh, god! I was wondering if you're going to talk about that when he was going <laughs> to the um, what was that a candlelight thing? Like or... a candlelight vigil for Howard? Yeah. Yeah, and he, he yeah. almost and he comes to music in my head. Do 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 do. <laughs> and then she's cursing at him like you have no clue who you're yelling at right now. Yeah, yeah, but she was clearly rattled. I mean, that was part of it. It was her. She was so scared. I herself. was rattled. <laughs> oh, I really was. I said, and um, I, somewhere in my recap, I said my it was like my heart le- leaped out of my chest. And then I rewound it and watched it again, <laughs> and I still jumped because of the camera angle. Like you knew he was gonna. You knew the second time around. You knew that he was gonna, you know, like run into her, but you don't see it coming, so you don't, you still don't know exactly when it's gonna happen. And I jumped again, so that was um, that was some good filming there. That that really got me, and uh, it was just, yeah, that was scary. So yeah, they had that candlelight vigil, and you see this uh, sort of, I don't know if she's a protester or whatever, talking to a reporter. You know, something's kind of brewing there. Um, I was just like a couple other things that were going on in the episode. We had um, Harry had to go report to Bradley Walker at his house. And what I tell you what caught me about that scene. Did you notice, Pete, that um, Bradley comes down in his sock feet? He's just wearing his socks. I mean, he's dressed, but he's wearing socks. He's not wearing his shoes. He's been upstairs watching basketball and um, just comes down in his socks. Did you find that a little... Um, Weird. No, I, I didn't even <laughs> notice it, and now I wish I did, and I would have used it as a trivia question, like what kind oh, of shoes he wearing question. when he wasn't wearing. Right. Yeah, but like, yeah, what it color was, were the socks? <laughs> yeah, like no, it, I, I didn't notice the socks. I was too busy looking. I, I, honestly, I was I, like I said, I saw the episode so many times, but I was always looking to see his facial reactions because yeah. you know, like I said in the last podcast, these actors have these faces where you just like, oh, where's the guy I want to hate right now? You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he always just seems so snide and insincere, but like, yeah, it just, yeah, his tone with Bosch and everything is just really, really frustrating. You know, there's so much like, there's like this ice between them, but he's trying to act like everything's just fine. You know, we know how Harry feels, but um, yeah, he's, he he had Harry, had Harry come to his house and uh, give him an update. So, um. Let's see what else. Oh, I also um, wanted to remind everyone. I, I've been using this a lot when I watch. Going to the Michael Conley tweeted about it. The um, the X-ray section when you're watching on your computer or your phone or whatever. If you if you kind of put your mouse over to the left, you can see characters' um, names and the actors who play them. You can also click on and open it up and get like little videos from the writers' room. You can get trivia. 
I know you like trivia, Pete. You can get some trivia and just um, just interesting information about the episodes. Have you noticed that at all? Um, no, but I'm definitely going to go check it out now. And I love me some trivia if you I know. Know, Shannon's on my team. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so it's, it's, it's interesting. So if you guys haven't um, noticed that, um, check it out. Because it's um it's really some some cool information. Like it made, what made me think of it. One of the um, they pointed out that the house that they're in when Bradley in wearing his socks and not his shoes, talking to um Harry, they're actually on location in a house in Hancock Park. You know, very wealthy area. So you know, just little tidbits like that. I I always find that stuff interesting, especially about the locations. I'm always interested in the locations. So. Well, I think that's probably enough of a, a recap. We could, you know, we could go deeper and deeper into it, but I think we should probably hit the interrogation room. So, do you have a question ready for me, Pete, about um, the episode? Yeah. I do have right. a question. Okay. Um, I find that these questions are really hard to come up with because I'm never sure if I'm supposed to make it about like the specific um, character mm-hmm. or the overall show. But I just kind of went with what I noticed Maybe. the most out of it and. Yeah, Here we go. Think? Let's see. Let's hope it's a good one, you know? All right. <clears throat> okay. So my question is, everybody knows I'm a big Jay Edgar guy. So yes. do you think Jay Edgar, even though he's mentally believes and physically believes he is ready to return full time into the, uh, to the um, police department, do you think he's there yet? Because uh-huh. I, noticed, I noticed him holding his shoulder when his kids hugged him. And yeah. is he really ready to go back there on a case like this and and be able to put himself mentally and physically into the case along with all the family stuff he got going on? So right, I said right. the case, I ask you, do you think at this point in this episode Jay Edgar is ready for full time work? That's a that's a really good question. Um I mean, I feel like he's so capable that he's such a good detective that I think I think he can do it. So, like, I mean, I have confidence in him. And obviously, when I, I when you're someone's shot, you know, in the line of duty, and he also had to shoot someone himself in the line of duty, that changes a person. So he seems different. And so I don't know if it's just um, the recuperation and you know his energy's down. He's you know his shoulder still hurts. Uh, but something about him seems different. And I don't know if it's more emotional or if it's more just the physical part showing. Or, like I said, just the fact that traumatic event like this changes a person. So I'm like, is he – that's what I'm trying to figure out. Is he working his way back to the Edgar that we've always known and it's just taken a while? Or has he changed? Um, so I guess, A, I, I'm still just as confident in him. But I wonder if he's totally there yet because I I don't know what it's stemming from, this difference that I'm seeing. I don't know if it's a process he's going through or if this is who he is now. Does that make sense? It it makes a thousand percent sense. Trust me. I'm I'm sitting here and I personally, I don't think he's ready a hundred percent, a thousand percent. I don't think he's there yet, but I think, like you said, he's that good that he'll be Mm -hmm. able to still, you know, even him, a Jay Edgar at 50%. It's just as good as most people at a hundred on a regular day. So yeah. you know, I, I give him thumbs up. He can get away with it. However, if I was a doctor after checking out his, you know, um, chart, I might not say the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, different perspective. Yeah. So 
Yeah. That's a really good question. If we want to know where, you know, where his head's at. Okay. My question for you, Pamela Duncan, you know, she's really nervous talking to Jimmy Robertson uh, for obvious reasons, but do you think there's anything more that she may know or be privy to that, that we don't, that's making her nervous? Is it just the fact that she's afraid, you know, first of all, she's upset that, you know, Howard was murdered. Um, you know, he's a colleague and more than that, but still when someone, you know, is murdered, that's upsetting. She's also worried about her husband finding out that she was involved with Elias. But do you think there's more to her nervousness than just those things? This is an awesome question. And if I knew more about Pamela Duncan, I can definitely give you an answer. Like, I don't know what her <laughs> history is and how she reacts to situations, but yeah. I do know that anybody, first off, Robinson knows that if anybody knows information, any more information, at this point it's going to be her. And then as we figure out what we figure out, yeah, she's going to know a lot more information because, you know, when you're in, you know, so to speak, in, you know, intimate with someone, you uh-huh. you can get a lot of information out of them because that's where they feel most comfortable. And, they, you know, sure. if anybody knows yeah. the strategy, it's her, one way or the other, because she's also mm-hmm. a consultant. She's telling them yeah. what you should so I understand yeah. the, the need. However, she just went through a personal tragedy, like you said, losing a colleague. And um, right now it looks like an ex-lover or somebody uh-huh. she was intimate with, uh-huh. you know, one way or the other. And yeah. I feel like when when that happens and then, you know, she was already cheating. So if that's the case and she was cheating from what we believe, now her husband, you know, like she said, her, her marriages can go down the drain. And when you start getting mm-hmm. all these, when, when you know, when it rains, it pours. And I feel like she's nervous because she doesn't know the outcome of all of this. And it's not right. just like, oh, you're getting questioned. Because I don't think she ever thought that she would be – I mean, she's probably getting questioned because, A, she is a suspect in the murder one way or the other until they could clear her. Yeah. But, sure. yeah. but I, feel like, I feel like she's not even thinking about that. I feel like she's just like, what am I going to do? I, go, I don't have – do I have a job? Once this, if this breaks, I'm not going to have a job. You know, this is a big mm-hmm. deal. And yeah, has, it could have a lot of ramifications, yeah. Yeah, so I think that she is um, – I don't think she has – I mean, uh, granted, she will give them what she has. I feel like she's – especially in the position she's in, she's going to give them mm-hmm. everything to try to just, you know, you know, damage control, collateral damage, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But, um, no, I, I don't think it was like – I don't think we're going to – I don't think she's going to be more involved. I think she was just a scared person. And okay. didn't know what the outcome and the fallout of everything was going to be, and I don't blame her. Now, okay. the, the quick question I have for you, actually, because I'm glad you brought this up. I thought about this when I was watching the show. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not, I'm not married, so you know I can't relate to this. But if I'm in there and my wife is there, and the cop comes to talk to her, <laughs> and she wants to walk the dog and, and acts like it's okay, you yeah. know, something, you know, my my alert yeah. my alert going to go off so to speak and yeah it's a little suspicious because if you're married and that's the person supposedly you trust the most you'd think you'd want them with you for support while you or, talk about something yeah i don't have no problem talking openly in front of you because i have nothing yeah. to hide once you change the scenery you start to look like you have something to hide so i feel like that right. was gonna that brick was gonna that whole av- thing was gonna avalanche anyway yeah but I feel like I mean, yeah, she I tried like she to play it off like the dog really needed to go out, so that it was just could they, you know, do that? She tried to make it look like that's why they were going out, but still, I think if that is if you're that close to your spouse and you 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 would hope that you are, I would think you'd maybe even want them around too. So 
Agreed. That's it didn't good, seem like. Point. I mean, like I said, she was uh, she was on a bad path to begin with from the decisions she's made, and now she's just making even worse ones. She needs to just come clean yeah. to everybody and just deal with whatever the fallout is. She'll yeah, be all right. Kind of digging a, a deeper hole. Yeah, but that's what happens. Thing, you know how it works. I don't know if this crossed your mind, but um, do do you think that she part of her nervousness may be that she thinks she could be a victim as well? Like some we don't know who murdered him, so. Do you think she she might feel threatened as well? Do you think that could be part of it? Um, I don't think she, okay. I don't think she got there, and I was surprised the cops didn't bring it up to her either, from what I remember. But mm-hmm. it's a very valid point because nobody ever talked about hey, you know, your son could be a victim, your wife could be a victim, right? No one ever talked about yeah. that, from what I remember. Yeah, like yeah, be careful out there. <laughs> you know, yeah, when so. somebody gets hurt and they believe it's a revenge, you know, you might think, okay, maybe he'll go after the family. Maybe this is one of those things. But like I said, if, as far as that, I feel like if, if that if that idea was going to come in anybody's head at this point in the show, it would have been from the cops implanting it saying, listen, you know, we want to protect you. You know, we need to surveil you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's move on to our um, – those are good questions, good, good commentary. I like that. Um, persons of interest. And again, this segment is not necessarily about people we think are suspects, but literally just people we are interested in talking about in this case. So who was your person of interest for this episode that you want to talk about? Well, I'm glad you'd let them know that it wasn't just suspects because I didn't think a suspect at all. Um, I felt like this episode had a lot more Robinson in it than anybody else. And I felt like he learned the most this episode because if you watch all the information that comes out little by little it's him he's talking to everybody he's so on top of his game he He i believe this is um this season is going to be his season to to spotlight because it's true you know everybody always thinks you know he's there because he's the senior guy and he's probably just as good as boss but we never seen it now we're seeing it and i feel like we're really seeing him in action yeah and he's way more likable this season than he was last season i'll tell you that okay yeah yeah yeah, he's really he's he's on his game. Um, on top of his game for sure. You know, talking to those, you know, looking for the car, thinking about the fact that there were two parking spaces, talking to the, you know, getting the footage from the garage. You know, he's just, yeah, I I agree. Um, that's that's definitely a good choice for this episode because he's ty- he's trying he's telling Pierce what to do. He's investigating himself. You know, he's got this partnership. You know, he's partners with Terry Drake, so he's kind of dealing with that. He just kind of got his hands everywhere. Um, but he's he's getting some good, he's digging up some good information. So, yeah, definitely a good choice. Um, I was going to say Honey Chandler, just because I, and we talked about it already, really, that I found that dynamic with her and Bosch um, really interesting and seeing them kind of on the same side now and how that kind of shifts things and um, seeing them kind of sometimes work against each other, but mostly working, you know, trying to work together but we we really covered that quite a bit already um so i guess my second follow-up person of interest would be terry drake um because again you know he's he's retired and but he shows up you know in the first episode at the crime scene and um he does have that history with robertson and amy snyder brings his name up he just kind of keeps popping up and um, in conversations, and there's just something kind of mysterious um, about him. I think they're, the the episode kind of is keeping that. Yeah, you know, he's all, he's kind of on the suspect list, and um, we just don't know enough. I just feel like there's more to it 
with him. So I guess I'm intrigued, I guess, what's going on with him. What's really, you know, what's his story? What are we going to find out? I kind of have the feeling we're going to find out more about him. So um, just, it's kind of like just making me really curious if that makes sense. Oh yeah. He's certainly guilty of something. I just don't know what it is yet. And I can't wait yeah, to find out. Way. That's the way that's I a good way of saying it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, there, I mean, this, this episode was, was chock full of, of characters. I mean, it didn't focus in on just a couple of people or what they were doing. We saw a little bit of everybody. So there are actually plenty of people to talk about, but um, those are some good highlights. All right. The evidence locker. Let's just kind of try to put our heads together and see what we learned. Um, well, we learned when they used the fingerprint on the phone and tried to call that number, um, there was no, didn't really go anywhere. There was no voicemail or anything. So that, you know, which we didn't really, I don't know that we expected. I was going to say, did you expect to be like, hello, this is the killer. My yeah. name is so-and-so. Nice to meet you. You know, like, I didn't expect exactly. much from that. You know, I, don't, yeah, I don't think we really thought that was going to go anywhere, but, um, but they did, they did uh, check that off their list. So um, they looked into that. And of course they talked to Michael Harris and we got more history on the Black Guardian case and um, just got some ideas perhaps from that. Um, anything else you can think of? Um, no, I think you pretty much hit it. I, I Honestly, I couldn't find a lot of individual clues because at the end of the day, I wrapped it up in two, in two sentences, really. Um, the first one was Elias has skeletons. Yeah. We learned about, you know, his past and that he, you know, things that he has done that doesn't, you know, isn't exactly, you know, honest and then um, mm-hmm. I think Harris, I think when they talk to Harris, I believe that's all the evidence you need in a, in a situation, especially with like, the way they showed us the video. I, I've come accustomed when a TV show shows you a video of something that's a story somebody's telling. Mm-hmm. It's not normally a dream or an ex, you know exaggeration. Yeah. Most of the time, this is the story. So I got to believe that's the story. Yeah, and I, I that's agree. all the evidence I need as far as the Black Guardian. I believe sure. that this was done to him by, I don't know who, he said two guys, I believe it was, is it both of them? Or he said that two of them came in the room? I don't know. But, you know, I feel like, like I think, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I just feel like this that's, that's the story. We need to figure out who did that. Just like we know how, you know, what happened with Elias. Now we need to figure out who did that. This is Who did that, yeah. Well, we guess, yeah. and also we got the information they – they found enough clues to figure out that Pamela Duncan, you know, was in the apartment and had been in a relationship with Howard Elias. So that's, you know, we got some, they put the clues together to figure that out. Um, as far but how as how far that, will that story go? Right. And it may not, I don't, you know, it, it, it's hard to say, but that, that's one thing they at least tracked down um, in the episode. And it seems like they're narrowing, narrowing their list of um, suspects. They even mentioned, they didn't mention Howard's son. We didn't talk much about that, but we did talk about his arrest record and things. And they kind of, when they were in the task force room talking, he was on the kind of on the short list of where they were at that point with a couple of the RHD guys, Drake and Sheehan. They mentioned their names, I think. And then they did, you know, they mentioned could the son, you know, possibly be a suspect based on um, just sort of some history there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that about covers it. If we've left something major out, certainly let us know. Um, 
And uh, speaking of giving us information, we might as well jump to the tip line um, because that's where we ask for feedback, thoughts, questions, send us corrections, whatever you want to let us know. And that you can reach us um, at the email address Bosch at so many shows.com. And this week we heard from sister teacher at sister teacher on Twitter. She always has some, some good observations and a couple of things um, she pointed out. Um, she, which she just finds some of the more nuanced things uh, sometimes that I may not, that I might just gloss over, but she was talking about when um, Jerry comes in on Saturday that he's greeted in the parking lot by um, Robertson and Lincoln and when they enter the station, Jerry opens the door and lets Robertson walk in first. Um, but then Jerry walks in and doesn't seem to hold it open for Lincoln. And she felt like that was probably more because Lincoln was internal affairs, not because he's not a gentleman, because she thinks J. Edgar is a gentleman. Um, but that maybe that's why he didn't hold the door for Lincoln to go through first. I don't know. What do you think about that? You think that's, that's a possibility? Exactly why. Dagger would okay. never not hold the door for a lady unless she was in internal <laughs> affairs. Or unless she was in internal affairs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, that was, that I, that was a good observation. Interesting from her. You know, some, sometimes we just see people move on screen and we don't necessarily think there might be a little more to that. That so, was just as good as knowing that Walker walked downstairs with socks. I'll tell you that much. That was good. Good work. <laughs> yes, you got to check that out. Um, okay, so this week we have a debrief from Amy Aquino, and I do want to give everyone a heads up, kind of a spoiler alert. If you have, you know, we're zoning in on one episode per week, and so obviously we've hashed out episode two this week. But when we talk to um, folks from the show, we're, we want them to be able to talk about whatever they want about the season. We don't want to limit them necessarily to one episode. So when we um, talk to Amy, um, who plays Lieutenant Billets, you may hear information that um, covers other parts of the season. So that's just a heads up. If you haven't watched and you don't want to get any spoilers at all, then you might want to come back later and um, listen to this interview. Um, otherwise, go right ahead because it's a lot of fun. And um, I just want to point out that there's some, um, she gives some shout outs to Tim Marsha and Mitzi Roberts um, who are tech advisors for the show and they are actual law enforcement. So it's interesting to um, know about their role um, in the show. And um, so we, we want to give a shout out to them as well. I'm sure they help immensely in um, creating this environment that we're all so engaged in um, in the series. So without further ado, let's see what Amy has to share. Hi, this is Amy Aquino. I play Grace Billets on Amazon's Bosch, and I want to encourage you to listen to the Everybody Counts podcast. Hi, Amy. Hi. Hey. Hi, welcome. This Thank you. Exciting. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, we just want to introduce ourselves. I'm Tracy, and my co-host, Jay, uh, answered hey, the phone hey. there. And um, okay. we we host the Everybody Counts podcast uh, between the two of us and our, our friend Pete um, yes. also helps out. So that's, uh, you know, a nod to the books and to Harry, of course. And since we mm-hmm. take a lot of opinions and discussion on the podcast, we just, you know, want to emphasize that everybody's opinion counts. 
or nobody's affiliate mm. accounts too. So that's kind okay. of how we set like that, that up. So, so we really appreciate Great. your time and been loving the season. So yeah, I'm going to start out with the first question, and I want to know: Does Grace have a different set of rules for Harry, either consciously or maybe subconsciously, or not at all? I think Grace is a really good manager in mm-hmm. that she gets to know the people that she manages and she knows how far she can trust them and how much of a, how long a leash she can give them. Okay. Um, sure. And I, so I don't think it applies just to Harry. Okay. She, she and Harry have known each other a very long time and he's right. proven himself to her. He tends to get probably a little more leeway than uh-huh. somebody who's younger and less experienced or somebody who has okay. got less of a track record. It's sometimes yeah. it's a struggle, but sure. I, I don't I don't think with her one lip up, notwithstanding <clears throat> for which she will forever be punished, but certain other people yeah. will not. Thank you very much. Um, she is a really, really fair and good supervisor and manager. And I I, I think that's what you have to do as a manager. She's a better one yeah. than I would be, I will tell you that. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't want the job. I, I would just, I'd fall apart <laughs> from the very beginning. Yeah. But that makes a Me lot too. of sense that she kind of takes into account her judge of them about how far she can give or take. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes that makes a lot of sense. And it does. You're right. It makes her a really good manager. So why don't you hit up with number two, Jay? I'm on it. So for okay. those who may not know, can you kind of explain the differences between wearing you know, your plain clothes versus the uniform, kind of both both spoken and unspoken, especially in regards to Grace's stint, temporary captain? That's a great question, and and the the difference cannot be overstated. I found myself physically standing taller. I found you feel stronger. Um, sure. The deference that you get is extraordinary, and it and the deference that you get from other people then – makes you feel deep inside your responsibility. Okay. When people are, the people, the reaction you get from those around you to your uniform sort of forces you to be that person. You're being, you're being treated as a person in charge and consequently you, you have to fulfill that. You gotta, you gotta fill that uniform and you, Mm -hmm. You've got to be the person who earned those medals, and nice. you're not—you're just not screwing around. It—it it was incredibly empowering to put the yeah. uniform on. On the other hand, just, yeah. when you're out and about, it's also—it can be a little frightening the first time around because okay. you know you're a target. And here's—you know—here's a right. fact: when we shoot, when we shoot at the on location at the Hollywood Division state, Station, which happens to be my. It's where I live. Oh, wow. uh, when, when Amy Aquino dials nine one one, the call goes to Grace Billy. Uh-huh. But so, and when we shoot there on location for shooting in the parking lot or on the roof, you know, anytime we're doing the, mm-hmm. the outdoor stuff, it's a rule that the folks that we use in the background, uh-huh. if they are in uniform, they have to be actual law enforcement. Oh wow! Because oh. they don't want to put, they don't want to put mere civilians in that uniform right. at a police station 
because they might be targets. I never even okay. thought of that. When I, when I first heard that, again, I, you know, so much of, of working on the show and playing this role has given me so much more understanding and uh, a deep, much even deeper respect for what these folks do. The notion that mm-hmm. simply putting on the uniform can make you a target to so many people. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't protect wow. you. It makes you a target. And when you think mm-hmm. of it that way, then you do have, then you go back and you, all right, let me rethink these, uh, some of the, the, you know, these terrible situations with yeah. officer involved shootings that we've dealt with. Mm-hmm. When you're walking around constantly, you, you're getting paid not a whole lot of money, by the way. Right. To walk around and not only to run into danger when it happens while everybody else is hot footing it it's out of there. Away. Yeah. Yeah. On top of it, even just when you are simply walking down the street, you just by virtue of wearing that uniform, you can be a target. And that's a very telling thing, and I think it's totally worth all of us civilians to just kind of, like, digest and remember. Yeah, no yeah, kidding. It's very important, yeah. Wow, mm. that, that that helps a lot, like, just to sort of wrap my head around it and just so much more to it than which outfit are you putting on today, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, totally. wow. Okay. Now, and her hair up, was that part of her um Oh, yeah. Her if plan be, there? Yeah, yeah. Well, you, it, yeah, you have to be. Of, if you're in uniform, it, it has to be done, you know, in a low bun. And, um, okay, so that is hat a rule. On, but, not, okay. Oh, that's a rule. Yeah, I mean, and that's, and okay. again, that's safety. That's It's not True. only making you feel more safe it, or feel look more official and and quote, you know, uniform. It also is safety. You right. don't want to have hair dangling down that there that somebody could then grab and, and, and right. take. I had a, it, you know, even uh, a very interesting moment right at the start when I, I did, before I'd even had my fittings right at the beginning with the pilot, uh-huh. I had met with uh, Detectives Mitzi and Roberts and, and Tim Marsha, who, if you haven't had them on the show, you need to, um, who <laughs> okay. are technical advisors. <laughs> Um, yes, and they are they're detectives with the robbery homicide division, but but started mm-hmm. out as patrolmen and patrol persons. So I met with them. We did a drive along together, and we were talking. And then I went to my costume fitting. They dropped me off the costume fitting. And they, they were going to pick me up later to to go downtown. And um, I walked in. I looked at the shoes that they had laid out for me, and they were all flat. And I said, mm, uh-huh. No, <laughs> no, that <laughs> that that isn't right. She, and there needs to be a heel, not a not a huge heel, but it's going to be a chunky heel, but you know about mm-hmm. an inch and a half heel. And they were like, "Well, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> you're a police officer and detective." And I said, "Yes, I know, but Mitzi had heels on. She had okay. a chunky heel, okay? Oh. Had a heel, and we had this big back and forth. And I said, "That's fine. I will ask her because I had already determined that she was going to be my guru, role model, sure. uh, goddess wow. of law enforcement." And when awesome. I came to pick me up later and I, the first thing I asked her was, okay, we just had this little conversation about footwear. I said, Do we, mm-hmm. you're wearing a, you know, a little bit of a chunky heel. They want me to wear flat. She said, oh, no, no. Women will always wear a bit of a heel. Okay. Heel, but a heel. And mm-hmm. Because they want to look bigger. They mm. need right. to look taller because it is such a male-dominated profession and workplace. Right. And the people that okay. they're dealing with, you know, suspects that they're dealing with or anybody they're interviewing, they want to have as much presence as possible. So they can do that, you know, when they're not in uniform, mm-hmm. they can do that with a heel, which, which I thought was fascinating. And, and we also had the conversation yeah. about, um, you know, I, I, the first day I was shooting on the set, I said, look, I'm just sitting in the office. I'm really an administrator more than anything. I'm pushing paper. I'm not 
do I really need to wear my gun? And she okay. said, male lieutenants won't wear their guns. Female okay. lieutenants will absolutely wear their guns. Hmm. Again, because they have to work that much harder to demonstrate that they mean business. Wow. Right. It's assumed wow. if you're a man, you're going to get the respect. You're going to, you know, they, there's no question that you mean business. But with a woman, keep that gun on. You may never, okay. ever touch it, but you're going to wear the right. gun. Wow, so such important that, And again, little mm-hmm. details that make an enormous yeah. difference. A big enormous difference, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Why Very enlightening. I, I got Very it. Very enlightening. Yeah. All right. Well, we, we're not looking for any secrets for season five, you know, writer's room or anything like that. Just based on where we were at the end of, of season four with, with Billet, do you think she is interested in any possibility of continuing in the role of captain? And what do you think she's learned the most from the experience as interim? I, I don't know that this experience makes her desire it any more than she did before. And if anything... Okay. I think the politics that she has to deal with and the, the, the remove that she ends up at from her fellow t- lieutenants, the, the people that she really likes to be working with, she really she suspected it before and now she's gotten to live it. And I don't think she particularly loves it. The good thing about season four is that she has proven to herself that she can do it, that right. she's completely capable right. of it. But the yeah. higher you go up in the hierarchy, the more you're going to have to deal with politics. Okay. The more bullshit, yep. to be perfectly yep. frank. And mm-hmm. God bless people who can do it. Amy Aquino is not yeah. a person who can deal with it very well. <laughs> and Grace Phillips really, you know, she does. And it is just not a part of the job that she enjoys on any level. So okay. I, I think it was great that she had that experience but I don't think it's made her hungrier for that job. That okay. said, okay. I'm not in the writer's room, so we may all get a big surprise. Don't I don't know. I don't know. I kind of hope not. I kind of hope not. Well, Can you imagine? Job. I mean, talk about insult to injury, right? They turn yeah. her down right. and right. tell her she's never going to be a captain. And then, oh, the regular captain is home watching his flat screen TV while the city is going up in flames, and we'd like you to pop in there. Just entirely. Isn't that sweet? No extra money. Uh huh. (laughs) Really sweet. And no extra respect for a while there either. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah. And make Hmm. everybody hate you as well. Also for no extra money. I've just been really um, impressed and excited about your nephew's fandom for the show and I guess for (laughs) the police department in general. And I just didn't know if you could share anything about that or uh, I think absolutely. it's just great. <laughs> no problem talking about Anthony. My nephew Anthony is just he's so dear to me and, and he's been a huge part of the family and keeping the family together. Mm-hmm. You know, he, and he was born with Down syndrome and, and autism as a matter of fact. But he developed okay. this great love of law enforcement as a kid, as a little kid. Okay. To the point where he was and in, in the RE lives and he grew up in Arlington, Virginia, and the Arlington Police Department would take him on ride-alongs and give oh, him, wow. you know, badges and everything else. Mm-hmm. And then he moved to Boston, and, and he made friends with some of the law enforcement in Boston. So he's always just been hyper-obsessed about law enforcement. Mm-hmm. When he found out that I played a cop, <laughs> he had died and gone to heaven. So awesome. you know, then he started watching the show and oh my god and harry boss 
Harry Bosch. And he's in love with Harry Bosch. So he needed to meet Harry Bosch. So they brought him, the first time my, my sister-in-law brought him out to visit, he was beside himself. And people on the set, I mean, Titus, Jamie Lance, the produce, everyone, the, the, the crew, everyone was so unbelievably generous and loving toward them. Mitzi and Tim went uh-huh. so far over the top. Oh, By the wow. end of his visit, his first visit, they had planned a, they brought a car. They had figured out how to, we were shooting over by the Hollywood Bowl. They let him sit in the car with them while they kind of raced around the parking lot. You could turn on the siren. Oh, wow. They let, they let him arrest him, put him up against the car, put the handcuffs on. <laughs> and then Tim gave him one of his, his old dress uniform shirts. Oh, my God. Oh, nice. He could awesome. wear home. I mean, it was That's so awesome. sweet. Everyone was so That's great. Amazing. The next trip, so then he had to come back the next season, of course, and everyone was oh. looking forward to it. And, um, I mean, he just sat for hours on the set. He First, he was so excited about it that when we first brought him to the location we were shooting and Tim and Mitzi were there, he, like, he had to wait. He was just, like, he couldn't approach them. <laughs> and he got very okay. pissed when, you know, because he's, he's a grown-up. He's, he's, you know, he's pushing 30. And uh, when I, I was trying to encourage him again, to come, you know, come on over. Get out of the sun and come on over and mm-hmm. talk to them. They've been waiting for you. And he said, uh-huh. you, Grace. <laughs> and Misty was like, oh, my God, I didn't think I could love him any more than I do. <laughs> oh, man. But it's like, all right, man, I'll give you your time, give you your space. And then he, he finally, yeah. when he was ready, he, he was ready, ready, came over. Okay. And, and they had, because he had asked for Christmas, I had asked him about a, getting a badge for him. And they don't, the LAPD doesn't sell them. And be, for mm-hmm. good reason, because right, they, right. you don't want people walking around with, you know, flashing exactly. badges. But they had had some some made for the for the show, you know, fake ones that are. But they look they look pretty official. There are some very there are clear distinctions between the real ones and not. But mm-hmm. uh, for somebody who's a layperson, they're they're pretty close. And they had had them made, and they had one made for him, wow. knowing wow. that he was coming. And they had a little ceremony where we were shooting. Cool. It, was, it was outside where they had where they were going into whose apartment. We had this old SWAT team banging down the door in the background, but they um, actual SWAT again, by the way. Um, and they they had him put up his right hand and take the oath. And Mitzi put the awesome. the thing on his shirt, and it was just like and the whole and the whole crew applauded. Oh wow! It was. So great! That's amazing. Uh, yeah. So he he the man he the man he has a whole relationship going on with Gregory Scott Cummings now on Facebook and texting yeah. and oh yeah they're all back and forth all the time and he refers to me as you know lieutenant which is good. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's actually he has actually reached out to the police department. I have been cc'd on. Uh, some of these emails, so uh-huh. one of them, I, I finally went back to the LAPD and said, okay, just so you know, um, uh-huh. this is who I am, and this is who this is, who is contacting you, you don't, he, you, please don't come and try to arrest him, okay? Because <laughs> <laughs> he was looking into the, he was looking into the training program, and he was going to apply yeah. to the police academy, et cetera, but, it, and then he would also, he's, he's watching, like, missing persons reports, he's like, he's wired, he's, figured this wow. crap out on, on the computer. Uh-huh. It's, it's extraordinary. 
the computer it wow. really changed his life because he has a lot of trouble communicating verbally. And mm-hmm. um, the minute he got a computer in his hands and then his phone, he suddenly got to hear what was going on with him. And right, he's he's lovely with the family. He will just periodically because people are kind of spread all over the country, and periodically mm-hmm. he'll do a group chat, say, "Hey, everybody, awesome. we need to wish happy birthday to you know Jeannie this weekend." Let's have a conference call at 845. That is a great report, a great story. And I, I can relate to that last part a little bit. My daughter has um, cerebral palsy, and she's nonverbal. And when she got a communication device, like a computerized uh, device, it opened up her world so much. So, oh, yeah, it's that's, so that's great. Amazing. You see, you get to see what's going on in there. Yeah, you know? It's like, yeah. oh, because you knew this person was in there, and they just right. express themselves. Oh, that's fabulous. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. if you have a if you have a couple more minutes, we do a little bit of a game at the end. Um, oh. It's just it's just kind of silly. <laughs> There's no right or wrong answer. Um, okay. Good. We come up with these silly <laughs> scenarios. Mostly Jay. He's really clever. And we're going to give you your choices are going to be Bosch, Jay Edgar, or Maddie. You're answering as yourself, just as Amy. Um, okay. And then your choices are Bosch, Jay Edgar, or Maddie. So okay. the first one. Um, just curious. If you, who would you most likely beat at miniature golf, Bosch, Jay Edgar, or Maddie? <laughs> no pressure. No uh, pressure. No pressure. <laughs> I, I think it would probably be uh, Bosch. Oh, oh Bosch under the bus. <laughs> Just like that. Oh yeah. yeah. No, Maddie, Jay Edgar's like he is. He's got you know he's like got this athlete's grace. He would probably mm-hmm. be a fabulous golfer, and you know she's a kid, so she'd throw right. the crap out of me. But he would. <laughs> I, I think that Harry would be so uncomfortable in a miniature golf course that right. he wouldn't be able to focus. He just want to get he out. He would of just it. so want to get out of it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> now I definitely want to see it. Oh man. Yeah. All right. Uh, so what do you have, Jay? Let's say the uh, young girls' leadership club is selling cookies and kind of think Peggy from Everybody Loves Raymond. The adults are going <laughs> to yeah. pitch in too. Who, uh-huh. which one of these three is going to actually sell the most? Oh, Maddie. <laughs> oh, I knew that totally. one right away. I mean, Harry would be yeah. terrible. And I, 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 think, I think that that Jagger, I mean, he's smooth. And he might sell more to the ladies, but Maddie, <laughs> because she's so adorable, I'm, you know, and yeah. perky and cute. I, right. I think, I think that goes a long way. And I think, I think Jagger, while he is smooth, he would also probably, you know, if some attractive mom comes up, he just gets so lost <laughs> talking to her and flirting <laughs> with her that he'd yeah. totally forget about selling cookies. And Harry Poor would just Jagger. again be mortified. Yep. He'd just be mortified. No, oh, we loved. I couldn't love Jagger. Than I do. <laughs> love, love my Jamie and love my Jagger. Well, I, I think Maddie's a solid choice for that one. That's good. Yeah, That's a good one. Okay. Well, I understand you're a gardener, and so we're curious yeah. if you, um, if you had to trust one of these folks with your garden while you were away, who would you most trust to care for your garden? Maddie. Maddie. Ooh, again. All right. Maddie. Easy. Easy peasy. Mm-hmm. Easy. I think. <laughs> I just feel like. I mean, Harry. Would be like what? What is? Huh? What's that? I, well, it looks good to me. I, it's a lie, right? I don't know. Yeah. What is it supposed um, to look like? That's too funny. 
But I that think I, if I give funny. instructions to Maddie, she would be there. She'd be doing it. And then if yeah. she thought there was a problem, she would take a picture of that plant. And she would send it to me. She'd say, is this oh, okay? Yep. That's something right. I should she be doing. would. Yep. She that is true. That. And, you know, Good thinking. she's always taking care of people anyway in the yeah. show. You know, we see that. She's very nurturing. So I think she's yeah. spot on for the plant. So. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for answering our silly questions, too. I like those silly <laughs> questions. It's good. It makes you think. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you have anything so you, else, Jay? Or we want to get uh, our... No, only thing. I, nothing Bosch-related. I wanted to just... Uh, I don't know. I wanted to say I appreciated something that I saw that you did. Um, and what I'm talking about is I saw an interview you did, I don't know, maybe last year. Uh, you were talking about Alzheimer's and dementia. And I know you do some things to uh, support that, which is absolutely fabulous. But in this interview, uh, you were talking about a family member that I think they had to call their mom to go home or something. Um, and how you guys went along with the story to make them feel better and to get them to calm yeah. down and stuff. And I, and I unfortunately have that all over my family and we've been dealing with, with it for uh. years and it's just amazing advice. And I wish more people would give that advice for those that, that do end up having to deal with it because it is very difficult. Um, and so I just wanted mm-hmm. to say, I appreciated those words and I understood what you were going through and I just thought it was amazing. Oh, well, thank you so much. It, it, it you know, I'm, I feel so strongly about it and, and being, you know, involved with Alzheimer's Association, and we're gearing up now for the for the next longest day, um, which is their their day on Jan- June 21st when they encourage okay. people to do something okay. loved they love for people they love. Mm-hmm. And last year, I made blackberry jam and and gave it okay. out as prizes to people who who contributed, and we had mm-hmm. an amazing day out of it. But but being because I've I've been seen in that capacity and in connection with Alzheimer's, I can't tell you how many people, you know, come up to me with stories like yours. And it's, you know, it's not something mm-hmm. that a lot of folks talk about, but it is affecting so right. many people's lives and, and it is the hardest disease. And I, I you know, I found mm-hmm. it, my mom didn't have Alzheimer's, but she developed, she lost her, you know, short-term memory. And sure. I would see with her, you know, sometimes with siblings or other people, or I, I would see it a lot where when somebody has issues with dementia, the impulse is, because you want that person to be there. And it's like, what are you talking? We just finished talking about it. I told you that <laughs> right. yesterday, you know? Yeah. And it's like, no, don't go there. That's their, don't. They are doing the best they can, so right. have it. And that, that the the incident that you heard about that you were referring to was my. She's kind of she's the, no, it's such a lunch. Very basically, that she's the mother of of some you know sort of cousins by marriage, in laws sure. by marriage, and, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and they had just given her this beautiful hundredth birthday party, and and she's still doing really well in a lot of ways, but she was starting to have this dementia, and and after the birthday party, she wanted to call her mom because in her mind she was eighteen years old. And she had to get back home and her mom was going to be worried about her. And mm-hmm. so she was very, very agitated and upset. And here she is a hundred years old. Her mother's been dead for, you know, 80, however many years, or I guess 50 years. And it was my cousin who then called her friend and said, all right, I'm, I would like you to call. I'm going to call you and please mm-hmm. be my grandmother. And you're going to talk to my mom and, you know, let her know she doesn't have to come home tonight. It's going to be okay. And it made her feel better. And that's yeah. what matters. It yep. made a huge difference. Yeah. You're not going to change mm-hmm. them. You're not going to make them well. You're not going to make yeah. them remember yeah. what you There's can no do. There's no way to force it. Make sure they no. All you can all you can hope to do is help that person to be calm, feel calm and safe and happy. Yep. 
That's it. That's it. That's you know the struggle. Such uh, a good example. Like. Yeah. Yeah. It's very tough. So I, I really did well. appreciate. Oh, you're so you're so welcome, and and good luck oh. to you with all that and support Thank Alzheimer's. You. you can get on get online alz.org. It has oh, yes. terrific. They, they have wonderful wonderful resources for people. They have support groups and they have training and they have warning signs and and look and, and they're coming. Look, they they've actually come up with something that being they think may be the beginnings of a cure. They're actually learning more. So the more we can raise money for that organization, That's the more right. research we do, we all, we're all going to need it. Because if One you've got it in your family, time. I've got it in mine. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. You're, You're very so generous welcome. with your time. Thank you. And, oh, thank you guys for doing this. It's so sweet, and it feels just great to know that we've got well, the strong supporters out there and and, yeah. and, oh, gosh. and you guys. The fans are, are rabid for Bosch, no doubt, <laughs> <laughs> for good reason. So. But they're great fans little... like you guys. Awesome. Okay. All Appreciate right. your time, right, Amy. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Right. Thank you. Have Take a great care. day. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Well, that was really interesting. That was a lot of fun. Um, did anything jump out at you, Pete, that you wanted to um, to share, or did you enjoy that interview? Um, I thought it was great. I love her. I, I, I loved her <laughs> on Everybody Loves Raymond, so I was glad that was brought up because she did play <laughs> yeah. the Girl Scout cookie mom who beat up Raymond yeah. or, you know, almost beat up Raymond. But uh, <laughs> almost beat up Raymond, I felt yeah. it was very interesting um, when she was talking about the, the, the wardrobe and how if yeah. you're on set, you actually, what would she say, that if you're a cop on set, you actually have, if you're going to be dressed in law enforcement, you actually have to um, be in law enforcement? Is that what she was Yeah, saying? like if you're, you know, I mean, not necessarily, like there's, say there's, you know, they're acting in a scene, but the background actors, if they're in the parking lot or whatever, and you would, you know, you would expect to see other law enforcement milling around and getting in and out of cars, all those background um, law enforcement have to actually be law enforcement. Yeah, that really that was very I interesting. Thought, I agree. I thought that was awesome because now what happens is our great cops out there who do great work, our law enforcement members who do great work, they mm-hmm. now can be in a TV show that background actors would get the job of. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like yeah. a little bit of reward. I, I like the move that Bob yeah. did there. I mean, I just, it's sad why they had to do it because people, you know, you never know, and, you know, this is how we stay safe, so... Thank right, you. right. Yes. But mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I like the fact that, that those guys now, you know, they, they, they work to save our lives and keep us safe. And now they're going to get a chance to, you know, be in the background of a show like Bosch, which is such, mm-hmm. such a great, huge, popular show. So yeah. I thought it was really cool. And honestly, it just makes me like the Bosch writers and the people who do the show. I mean, I understand that they didn't do it on, you know, let's not say they did it on purpose. But it all worked out, and, and it gives the, the cops an opportunity to, like I said, get 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 a chance to be on camera. You know, like yeah, here's your reward, yeah. and it's it's rightfully yeah. deserved. So I yeah. thought that was cool. Yeah, she she gave us a lot of a good information that just sort of fleshes things out and help us understand more about law enforcement and about how they portray it in the show. And I always love when we do our little game questions because it was a lot of fun <laughs> with her saying that okay, Harry would not. Um, do well at the miniature golf. He'd just want to get out there, get out of there, and that he'd be mortified trying to sell cookies. It's just funny, you know, hearing her talk about the different characters um, and how they, in those scenarios, but especially Harry, it just kind of made me laugh. So I always enjoy what um, they have to say for some of the game questions. So, yeah, we really appreciate um, Amy talking to us and, and giving us such good intel on the show 
And I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. I think that's about it for our episode two discussion tonight. Anything else that any other burning comments you need to share, Officer Pete? Well, what's happening right now is Tracy's trying to avoid the trivia because last week they got it really quick. I made it super hard this week. She's like, I don't want to do this question. I couldn't distract him. All right, go ahead. Oh, you know me. I'm I'm just as good on the ball as, you know, Jay Edgar Robinson. I'm ready to go. My game face is on. Let's go. All right. (laughs) Hit me up. I I didn't think I made it that hard this week, but I felt like it was definitely something that might have been overlooked. So I went with a different strategy. When Eleanor and Maddie are in the car, and she goes, oh, Dad knew about the secret menu. Even Dad knows about the secret menu for this place, right? And Eleanor's like, oh, no, I can make this. What were the ingredients? I think they were potatoes and peppers. And maybe cheese? You're so close. Oh, uh, you, am you I missing one? You get credit for it. It was um, sliced <laughs> potatoes, onions, cheese, and a microwave. Onions. Onions. Okay. I don't I, know I, what I, she made, but I'm taking this recipe this weekend, and I am making it because it seems pretty simple. <laughs> I think you I think you could handle it. I think I could handle it. So, yeah. Let's, I, I let's, hope so. And I will let let's everybody com- know let's how combine, bad I cooked it on this podcast some, next week. <laughs> some uh We'll combine some uh, potatoes, onions, and cheese and see what we come up with and compare notes. In the microwave. Oh, in the microwave, yeah. And as I was saying peppers, I was even questioning myself, wait, was it onions? But for some reason, I had the picture of peppers in my head. So, All right, well, that was fun. So next week, we have some episode three discussion. And uh, so be ready, Pete. All right, well, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, We'd love to hear from you and hope you'll come back and listen next week. Bye. Good night, everybody.